Hi folks, um, welcome back to a long overdue episode of Conversations with Marianne. Thanks for uh, sticking it out. I have gotten a few messages about it over the last few months. And um, I'm going to just stop apologizing because life gets in the way. And I started this to have fun and there's no way I could have fun um, without literally working myself to the bone. Uh, over the last year because of how COVID was and with school and work, it just kind of got too much. So I took a break and um, hopefully, fingers, cro- uh, fingers crossed, we're able to get back into this more regularly and uh, give you guys some content you uh, love. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> okay, so today... I have someone really interesting I'd like you to meet. Um, They're an author. They just published a collection of very, very beautiful poems. I love them so much. And they address a lot of the turmoils we go through individually about um, mental health and just, I guess, being human beings. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and I hope you guys pick up a copy of uh, Walk Bottom and Up. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it. Uh, So let's get into this. Um, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Marianne. Today I have I realize I actually don't know what to call you Ian because like I think your brother is called Ian too which is really confusing for me (laughs) yes so should I introduce myself now yes please well yes like you said my my government name is Ian Akatwijuka yes but but in uh, poetic circles, I use origi so that I can, you know, reduce on confusion like the way you've just experienced Fair with enough. my brother called Ian. Yeah. Yeah. So in the poetic circles, I go by origi akatuizuka. Yes. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The confusion's like really, yeah, because Ian, I think, reached out to me uh, maybe at the beginning of the year and <laughs> when he was asking me to look at your work. And I was just like, yeah. okay. And then he asked me to write a review and I did. 
and then I, I send it and he's like oh no like I'm not the Ian and I'm like I don't know what happened but something got lost in translation <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. we get that a lot actually we get that a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and um your work and why you write and stuff like that why I write in general yeah sure Okay, so my name is Origi Akatwijuka. Yeah. I am a performance poet based mm -hmm. in Kampala, Uganda. Yeah. I, I concentrate generally on writing poetry and then performing that poetry. Right. Yeah, and Rock, Rock Bottom and Up is my first poetry collection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I write basically to put my uh, point of views out in the world i feel like writing is the best way for me to utilize my freedom of speech rather than going on the internet and trolling people i feel like it's better that i write poetry that's fair yeah. <laughs> um yeah I, I totally agree and um uh before i give my opinion on it do you want to tell us what rock bottom and up is about uh rock bottom and up is a poetry collection which is uh, which is uh, touching on my personal journey mm -hmm. through my mental health uh, from rock bottom whereby I was depressed yeah due to due to a lot of the things that were going on in my life at that time I just come out of university uh, unemployed. I hadn't done so well in university, so you know my future looked a little bit bleak. I didn't know what I was going to do from there. Yeah. So I I put I kind of dealt with my emotions by writing poetry. It was almost like therapy because I let the emotions out like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so rock bottom and up is a journey from where I was in that place of depression mm -hmm. and trying to get myself out. Although mm -hmm. it's a journey that never ends. You know, yeah. you just take it a day at a time. So it's basically a journey through rock bottom and the things I do day by day just to survive in this world. Yeah, that's 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 actually that's a really that's a really good description of it. And um, I quite liked that. It's very personable. Like there's stuff yes. sometimes that you read and, you know, you're like, okay, like I can, I can understand that this person is trying to convey that they're going through something, but I can't relate to it. You know, like, I don't, yes. I see words. I don't see a person. I don't feel anything. This doesn't make me feel anything. And, mm. um, and honestly, every single poem that I read from your uh, poetry book made me feel something. It like, I like I don't even know you I've never met you but like it felt like yeah. I knew you you know like yes yes it's very relatable and like it, it just makes you think like you don't have to be going through the exact same thing as a person to understand where they're coming from and I get that yeah. a lot in your poetry book so I, I really like I really appreciated that and I didn't even know how much I needed to like there's things that I was reading and I was like, oh my God, like there's a word for how I feel <laughs> about this thing. <laughs> like it's in here. Yeah. So I, 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 I think it quite a bit. Yeah, I think even me, there, there was that satisfaction in finding the right, the 
perfect word for mm-hmm. his, uh, his specific emotion. So yeah. I feel like I succeeded in doing that. And I've actually got that a lot from the other people who have read it. Mm-hmm. One of them actually told me that they felt like I was already now a best friend to her just by reading the poetry collection. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand saying. <laughs> It's 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 really good. It's really good work. Um, what's your what's thank your you, you. Uh, what's your process when you're writing? What's it like? Um, well, well, particularly for poetry, mm-hmm. I try I try to find the right word. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way I could say. So it's a bunch of it's a, it's it's usually a process of juggling synonyms until I find the perfect word which fits the exact emotion I'm feeling at that moment. So it's a process that can take me months and months until I feel like I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I would say that's my process. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes sometimes I can like crank out like five pages of something like poetry or prose or like even just writing like a screenplay I can like crank out five pages nonstop, like without thinking about it and then sometimes I'm just like stuck writing one like half sentence because I can't like (laughs) the word just doesn't fit (laughs) I'm like I need you know exactly yeah (laughs) um so yeah that's sorry you go yeah, that, that, that's basically what I do. Mm-hmm. All I think even I do that for prose, yeah. but I think I do it better with poetry. I feel like I do it better with poetry. Um, what comes easier to you to like to write? Is there like seasons for poetry, or do you kind of write both of them, um, like at the same time? What do you enjoy? Uh, I don't think. I, I don't think there's a season. I think it's just intention. Mm-hmm. When, when I write prose, I kind of write it in a way like a conversation, like I'm talking to my friends and I'm trying to make them laugh about my weird point of view. Right. But then with poetry, I try to use emotion. I try to get you to feel it so deep in the deepest part of your heart. So I think for me, it would just be intention. The difference in intention is one which would determine if I'm going to write a prose or poetry. Right. Um, yeah. Something I thought about when I was reading your poetry, because like <laughs> there was like parts of it that were like, okay, this is relatable. Um, not a super strong emotional response, but like there was an emotional response. And then there's parts that like made yeah. my eyes tear up. And then there's like, like other poems <laughs> that made me laugh really hard because I was like, oh my God, like are we living the same life? Um and yeah. there's only been like one book that I can say for sure has mirrored the same exact response emotionally for me. And it's uh, Trevor Noah's wow. book. I don't know if you've read that, but um, I have. I, have. I like there's parts where I would just be <laughs> where I would just like be reading it and I'd be like, OK, like this is relatable because like, you know, South Africa, Uganda, it's not the same, but like there's cultural things that sort of cross over. So yeah. you understand yeah. that. And then there's yeah. parts that just made me giggle really, really hard. And then there's parts <laughs> that made me cry. And I remember one sitting on the bus uh, on my way home from school and I was reading and I just started laughing 
I was crying. I like, it just, it looked like I was seizing up and like the people who were standing next to me were like, oh my God, are you okay? Do you need us to call an ambulance? And I'm just thinking like, I'm just laughing, <laughs> but I was laughing really, really hard. And um, I read a lot of books, but like, that's like, that one really stood out for me. And I, it got this, your poetry got like the same emotional response. And oh, wow. So I'm, 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 can I just say I'm, I'm really like really grateful, really honored to like have been asked to look at your work and I, and then like review it. And it was really good. Thank you. No, thank you. Because if you are putting me in the same category as Trevor Noah, I think I, I don't even know how to react right now. I mean, <laughs> Trevor Noah is an idol to me. <laughs> so well, I, I don't even know how to react. I would say thank you instead instead of you saying thank you you're just that good that's 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 all I'm gonna say just that good <laughs> thank you thank you um what else do you want to talk about like where did you grow up like I feel like these are just things like aside from the book we shouldn't be talking about the like, like the book all the time <laughs> like just talk about you where did you grow okay. up like where'd you go to school what do you like to do well, I grew up in the city. I'm a city born. Mm -hmm. I grew up and I was raised in Kampala. Yeah. So I, I don't know a lot of village life. Mm -hmm. I'm a town boy. Mm -hmm. I went to school in a school called Sa Apolo Kagwa. It's yeah. in Mango. Yeah. I don't know if you know it. I do. You know it? Yes. Yes, that's where I went. P1 to P7, the whole of the primary school. I was a quiet, quiet child. Mm -hmm. uh, my teachers used to like me because I didn't make any trouble. I would just sit and be quiet and they thought it was a good thing. But these days I look back and I think, mm, maybe I should have talked more, I don't know. <laughs> the The thing about that though, is like, I feel like there's there's this thing. And I, I think that a lot of people think it's just cause like, maybe because I like live on a different continent now I just think back and I'm like mm. these things are normal but like sometimes it it borders negligence and like just cultivating like practices that aren't great like mm. my parents tell me when I was younger I was really like verbal like I said whatever like not disrespectful but like just really verbal with like my feelings and stuff and like I would talk yeah. to people I was really really curious which curiosity is a good thing in a kid but then I it's went to boarding thing. school yeah, I went to boarding school and got really really quiet like I would not talk about my feelings I would not ask questions like if you presented something to me and said do this I'd be like okay cool and like just go ahead with <laughs> it and not ask questions because like mm. that's kind of the the, the culture that's like taught to us it's like just just do don't don't ask questions yeah. it, like they make mm. it seem like curiosity is a bad thing and then you see kids who are really quiet but like really like smart just mm. sort of getting lost and like they don't know how to, and I feel like that, that that is just like maybe one of the reasons that a lot of a lot of people in our generation are sort of like waking up to the fact that a lot of the stuff that was okay that was like normal for us growing up yeah didn't necessarily do anything for them like people yeah. are struggling with like 
mental health. Yeah. And a lot of them can trace it back to like these cultures that were taught to us when we were kids. Mm. And so like, sorry, I just, I kind of went off on a mental health rant, but like, <laughs> it's like, it's like teachers saying like, it's good that this person's quiet. Like, I feel like, I know, right? like if a person is quiet because that's their personality, that's one thing. But for you mm. to say this kid's quiet, so that's good. Hey, you're going to make all the other kids who are like, who are more talkative feel bad about themselves because they think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. But also this kid, if they ever wanted to come out of their shell, they might feel like they're going to get punished for it because like, yeah, they're the good kid that's always quiet. That's not causing any trouble. And it's such an unrealistic expectation, especially mm. for a child. Yeah. I feel like perhaps even for me, the fact that everybody thought that me being quiet was a good thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like it took away something from me because I never used to interact with my friends. Actually, I didn't, I don't make a lot of friends all through my school life. Yeah. I would just be by myself and I guess people would, you know, write it off as something very normal. You know, mm -hmm. they wouldn't, they wouldn't check on me and ask what's up, you know? Yeah. So I feel like maybe if I had somebody who knew what to do, who knew how to make me talk more, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, the trajectory would have been different. Perhaps. Um, you said Saapalukagwa. Mm. I was in Namugunga, but I don't know if we went to primary school around the same time because I know we came over for like those mock debate things, the math things or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was there from about 2000 to 2004. Ah. Okay, so so not around my time because I only went to Namagunga in 2007. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, not the same time. Cool. Um, okay, uh, what did you... Maybe. Sorry? Yes, you asked me. Ask no, no, you go, you were saying something. Well, uh, since we are talking of school life, that was only primary school. Yeah. From primary school, Sao Paulo, I then went to Chibuli Secondary mm -hmm. School. Do you know it? Yes, I know Chibuli. Yeah, I went there for four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, <laughs> in Chibuli, I, I was the complete opposite of what I was in Sao Paulo. <laughs> I was very stubborn, always running around the whole place. The teachers always used to catch me for playing football in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. And they used to clean, they used to train us on assembly and be like, this one is the captain of the school of the soccer players in the classroom. Train <laughs> him like five more. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I think my academics suffered because yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. By form four, uh, I didn't do so well in the final exams. Mm -hmm. And the director of studies told my mom, this one, we don't want him back for ELF. We just take him somewhere else. We are tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You would think that by choosing the teaching profession, they knew that what they were getting into. And like, I feel like a lot of people anyway, like I think just again, culturally, a lot of people going into teaching to survive because yeah. like teaching is one of those things yeah. that at least historically you know you're going to get a job 
yeah there's always some kind of work and I think mm. a lot of people go into it for that but I don't think they ever really think about like beyond just teaching a child how much influence you're going to have on a child's life like you you're you're not going to just teach them academic things you kind of have to be their guardian for like other things that their parents are not around for especially if they're in boarding school and I don't think a lot of people actually yeah, consider yeah. that and I don't think they t- if they do they don't take it seriously they feel like other people's kids are a burden on them and then you know yeah I was actually in boarding for those four years mm-hmm. and man it, it really wasn't nice it's sometimes you would even think maybe these teachers are very angry at us for some reason <laughs> other than academics yeah it feels yeah, that but, way <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know they had they had so much so much anger for us. Yeah, I was in Zambia, and um, the deputy at the time, Kasovia, I think she mm. had taught my sister a few years prior because my oldest my oldest sister went on Zambia, and she's like eight years older than me, so like it was a long time ago. But this woman did not like me. She found every like I was constantly on the noisemakers list. Like even if I was just talking to my neighbor, I wasn't actually disrupting the class. Sometimes I'd be like reading a book and I would be on the noisemakers list. Um, I was late. I was I, I think once she accused me of being a lesbian and punished me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like and this only started because I was at my I was in my friend's room and I was asking her for my like backup nasal like. Uh, spray because I needed it like it was medicine we weren't doing anything like like improper and I got punished for being a lesbian like I I don't know if this is how lesbianism works but sure um (laughs) I don't know like it was very I she seemed really really angry like I had done something personally to her to offend her Mm. and not like me and like there's a lot of teachers like that that like just take up personal grudges with kids and just like torment them and it's like for what you're an adult why why do you why do you feel so strongly about a child <laughs> I, I think it goes back to the cultural thing you are talking about yeah here in, in Africa you know they say you know they're saying I think you've encountered it mm-hmm. where the teachers always tell us that African children only listen through their bums. So mm-hmm. I think they take that very seriously and they think only the, you know, strong arm is one which, which we can listen to. They yeah. don't give a try to, you know, the softer side. You know, what's really funny about that is that the more they hit kids, the more accustomed kids become to getting hit. So it doesn't face them yeah. anymore. We, we we actually even just used to make it a game. Like if they call you and they say, we, we are going to cane you. You just make it a game with your friends and say, let's see how many are you, go- are they, are you going to take before you cry. Yeah. Then you go there and you you tighten your bums and they cane, they, they cane you like five until you jump and run. We just made it a fun thing. So it didn't work <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> we just made it a game in the end. That's fair. it's so funny it's so Mm. funny how yeah I don't understand it's so normalized I don't understand why it is (laughs) culture culture I guess that's true 
So where did you go for A level? A level, I continued on my downward trajectory of stubbornness. Mm -hmm. I went to Katikamu SDA secondary school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I spent there only one year because my grades were so poor. They just chased me out. They call it axing. They asked me. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is, the in our year in Form 5, mm -hmm. the Form 5 class started out with two classes, two, two streams. Yeah. But then the director of studies added the third stream for like the, the ones who are really down, they just can't pass. Mm -hmm. So they put us in the third stream. So they did it even in the dormitory, they put us in a third room. For us, we are, like, we are just stupid. I think they didn't want us to disturb these serious people who are, you know, they knew what they were doing with their life. But the funny thing is, at the end of the year, the whole third stream got asked. We were about 70 plus kids. We all got asked. I feel like they were just keeping you there for your tuition. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> There's no other explanation. And it's really funny how like they try to shame kids into doing better instead of actually helping them. Like, how about you get off your ass and help these kids instead of sitting there and like scorning them and making them feel ashamed for not understanding a concept in class. If a kid doesn't understand a concept three times, maybe you need to reevaluate how you're giving it to them. Like, how about mm. that? Just try to change tactics, like talk to the child and like focus on their strengths and like how they learn and try to like try to teach them. And I know like our classes are pretty big, but like yeah. when they find a, when they find students, they consider really smart. They actually seek them out and help them. Why can't they do that mm -hmm. for the weaker students? They never do it for the weaker ones. I don't know. It's such, I don't know. It frustrates <laughs> me so much. You know, you're, you're talking of all these things and I'm thinking to myself, what can we do to change, you know, the way teachers look at teaching and I don't know. I'm not getting any answers. I don't know if you can think of any. Um, well, I think I think beyond just like providing solutions for people, I think, we, A, we need to stop taking ourselves too seriously. In like whatever capacity we are in, we are human beings first. And yeah. if I'm teaching someone and I explain to them something, mm -hmm. you know, once, mm -hmm. twice, three times I understand it's very frustrating I'm I consider myself a fairly impatient person but like you mm. need to step back from how you feel about the situation and try to reevaluate yeah, yeah, yeah. and speak to the person mm. and say okay my way is not working for you mm. tell me where the problem is tell me what you've understood and tell me where you trail off and let's see if we can fix that like if we can do something different to help you grasp grasp this like you know like grasp this formula or whatever yeah. and i it should work like i used to be really fucking bad sorry excuse my french at math so and then i moved here and i didn't i did another i did another year of high school and um my teacher like she was teaching me and I actually understood this stuff. She's teaching me trigonometry. I never understood trigonometry. And I was getting <laughs> 90s. And back home, I would get like 50 and below. Mm. And it's like, 
it's not that the kid's stupid it's that because like she would she would a ask us to go and try it on the on the board mm. and if you didn't get it then she would say okay you got it right up until here okay so let's go through the rest of the stuff okay. and then she would make you do like mm. she'd give you, if if you got it in class no problem if you didn't she'd give you like 10 more numbers and just keep going over it over it over it with you which worked for a lot of kids like people got really high grades i i got out of that class with like a 92 or something and it's wow it's so like i'm not just bad at math like my teachers were horrible at teaching me is how i'm going to take it because like they're trying to get through the syllabus really quickly Mm -hmm. like one person understands in a class of like like especially those sub math classes my class had like 20 people in it one person understands the concept the other 19 are way off (laughs) but somehow it's the student's problem yeah there's 19 kids who don't understand a concept after you've taught it three times the the problems with the way you're delivering (laughs) definitely you've got to revisit it so i Mm. think it's just like like there needs to be empathy and like i you cannot teach empathy i don't like i don't think you can like not successfully at least i don't know how you teach empathy but like people need to stop just like looking at other people as just inconveniences and as people who just exist for a short period of time because as a teacher you have almost like for most kids at least like a really lasting impact on their lives and if all you're telling a kid is you're really less is they're gonna go through life thinking they're a failure because you know that's what you told them and if because if that's what you're saying and a lot of parents tend to listen to teachers the parent is going to reiterate what you're saying to the child and then this kid just gets really really resentful of everybody and then they just become a bigger problem like it goes beyond i wasn't good at school to fuck i'm not good at school I'm going to become a menace, you know, and then like kids start making choices that lead them down other paths that aren't necessarily like great. Like people start doing drugs because like their mental health is so bad because they've been told from a really young age, you're never going to be good enough. You're stupid. You're not worth it. You know, stuff like that. And then a lot of people and worse, they go to university, they graduate and then they don't have jobs. And then it's like, well, I guess it's true what people said all these years. I really am not worth shit. So they start drinking, they start doing drugs and then they end up on the street and then they end up dead. And it's it's just like a chain reaction of things because a lot of us just don't have empathy or or we just choose to not act empathetically towards people. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, because most of our teachers actually teach for a very long time, like 20 years plus. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually had some of them literally telling us when they come to class, they tell us, I've been teaching this stuff for the last 15 years. I'm tired. You guys bore me. So yeah. please keep quiet. Let me get through this. And you do your own thing. I do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe there's something that can also be done about their time in teaching. I don't know. Maybe they get bored and get frustrated. 
But you see, just it kind of makes me just think about again, like how teachers go into teaching because it's a way to survive. Because why would you? Why would you? you, You're saying I've been teaching this for 20 years. Shut up. Let me do my job and leave. Just tells me you're not into it. If you're not into it, why are you putting that on kids? That's on you. If you're Mm. unhappy in a job that you chose, either reevaluate it or reevaluate your attitude. Because I can understand if it's like, I didn't have many choices. I had to choose this so I could make a living and take care of myself and my family. And that's fine. I understand like survival, survival. But why should other people have to suffer because of a decision you made it might have not mm. been like what you wanted, but ultimately it ended up being your choice between that and something else that maybe wasn't attainable or wasn't better. Why put it on yeah. a kid who's yeah. actually paying for an education? Why put it on a kid? Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Those are the same questions we also used to ask ourselves when we were in class and they tell us such things. I don't understand why people act like that. It just makes me so mad. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear the frustration in your voice. I no, I like I just don't understand. I feel like I people I've had a couple of people tell me that I have like a really um utopic utopian whatever the word is view of the world and i'm thinking yeah. I'm, i i don't yeah. think i do i think i just i have expectations because of the way i was raised i i'm going to say my parents taught me okay. to be respectful of everybody everyone yeah. like whether or not they are you know whether or not they are in the same class as i am or they're like mm. poorer than I am, or they're disabled, or I'm. I was taught to respect every person and yeah. to just love people, right? And maybe it's because like I always observed like my parents helping like less fortunate kids, and like there was always like some new person living at our house, which was okay. But like I feel like I learned to share, but I also learned to like. I think that's why I picked up empathy. And I feel like if yeah. we just stop thinking of ourselves, if we stop for a second and say, okay, I have so much and maybe I need it. Maybe I'm not doing too well either, but this person has nothing. If I give them yeah. something, like we both have something. That, yeah. that for me, that's what makes sense. But I realize for a lot of people, that's not what <laughs> makes sense. It's, you gotta make yeah. <laughs> one way or the other. It doesn't it doesn't matter who you hurt to get there? Yeah. You gotta get there. And mm. people sort of just, I some people just don't grow up with empathy because they haven't had an example of it, or they just don't know what it is. And and it's one of those things that can't really be taught. But like you have to sit down with people and be like, okay, you gotta stop and think about someone else but yourself for just one second. True, true. So I don't know. Like, I don't know that there's like one way to fix it. I think like just as human beings, we need to do better. And like, I feel like people who are getting into these kinds of um, 
careers and vocations like who are our age maybe might have a better chance at like just because you know what it was like for you in school right you know that you had a hard time why would you choose to do the same thing to someone that you didn't Mm. like being done to you it's like why are you taking revenge on these kids who did nothing to you yeah I, I, I feel like we, our generation will do better because like you've said, we know how, how it felt. Yeah. I feel like if I had gone into that profession of teaching, I would really be kind to those kids because I know what the alternative would be. Yeah. Mm. Well, fingers crossed <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> I hope it does. Mm. Okay, and then university. You went to university. Uh, what university did you go to? What did you What did you study? Uh, well, before university, I had to first finish A level. Remember, I only did one year in Katikamo. Oh right. So I had to find somewhere to finish the other year from. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up in Zambia Hillside. Yeah. You know it. Uh, yes, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, so uh, in Zambia, I think those guys, you know the way we've been talking of these guys who like caning, but in Zambia, they t- tuned it up like times three. Oh, my God. The head, the headmaster had a whip, a literal whip. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he would give you a pass mark. He would tell you, if you go below 60, I'm going to whip you. And he would actually whip you until you lost like flesh on your back and stomach. You guys, so it was it was tough. It was tough. That is illegal. <laughs> well, I mean, illegal. in Uganda, <laughs> the guy is just teaching you. That's what they you. That's so bad. Like it's it's so sad too that it's so normalized that someone's just like, well, if you did better, then like they wouldn't have to hit you. Yeah. Can you that's like, like how do people justify? That's so bad. That's like. That's like slavery, <laughs> almost. <laughs> That's like beating people until they have no, like that you whip, like you're ripping flesh off their, like what the heck? Yeah, it was like that. So in the end, in the end, I managed to do well. Although mm-hmm. I'm revealing this for the first time to anyone. Mm-hmm. You're the first person I'm revealing it to. Yeah. I did well. I did well in the final exams for form six mm-hmm. because our school mm-hmm. kind of, you know, cheated. Okay. They did. The guy brought in his his mercenaries, and they, you know, they passed us the answers, and we moved on like that. <laughs> what course combination <laughs> were you doing? Uh, I was doing um, history, mm-hmm. economics, yeah, Islam. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship, yeah. Hey, and man, econ and entrepreneurship. I don't know. I would yeah, die. those were tough. those were tough. Up to now, so, like, it, I understand the basic concepts of econ, mm. but I don't understand why. Like, I understand them. Like, I know, like, value of money, blah 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 blah, demand and supply. I understand all the rules, but every time I wrote mm-hmm. it in a paper, it was not correct, and I don't understand why. <laughs> maybe you just missed a few few concepts maybe 
Yeah. Because like sometimes I'd be writing it exactly the way it was like in my notebook and it was still not correct. And that tripped me up real bad. I was like, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So in the end, I managed to get some good grades. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I got 21. At that time, it was out of 25. Yeah, that's that's really good. Not some good grade. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, so it managed to get me into Makerere University. Yeah. I was doing um, business administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now in Makerere, yep. my, my tendencies to be by myself came through again. Mm-hmm. I think because now like the environment was, you know, wider, like Makerere was so much more, so much bigger than, you know, any other environment I had, I had gone through. Yeah. So I perhaps felt overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I, I was by myself so much. I, I was so afraid of people. I, I chopped a lot of classes mm. because I didn't want to be seen. So... I in the end, in the end, I got myself a good number of retakes. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, good number. I got eleven of them. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but well, I mean, that's where I am now. I, I didn't actually finish them. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't able. Okay. Yeah. So, hope, I guess I guess I'll go back when I have some money. I think I'll go back and finish up. Right. Yeah. So, so at the end, um, like when when the three years were over, because business administration is it takes three years. Mm-hmm. So at the end, I was just there, seated at home. I'm not able to get a job because I didn't graduate. Uh, I'm not able to really go back because there's not enough money. Yeah. Uh, so in in all that confusion, that is when it really got bad, and I got depressed, and there uh, were suicidal ideations. I'm so sorry. That, that, yeah, that, that's when I started. Actually, that's when I started writing poetry. In, that was in 2015. Okay. That's okay. when I started writing poetry. Um, I started looking for events where I could perform that poetry. Yeah. And then that's how I met Ian Jason, the mm-hmm. one who got the collection to read through. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, he was also just starting out with his Kelele Arts Foundation. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a platform where I could perform these poems I was writing. So I like that. I kind of got the outlet where I would let these emotions out. So it, it came, it was timely. It was timely for me that I met him. That's good. Yeah, um, I'm, so, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got a I'm glad you got a platform to, to yeah. express yourself because um uh like you said earlier it was therapeutic for you and like I'm glad you got that yeah. because the mental health mm. supports back home are not great and like they've only really started being good like uh my friend is actually a director for one of them um okay actually co-founder founder uh for one of them uh and i know the supports are not that great and it's really hard and if there's any supports they're really really expensive and almost inaccessible um so i'm really glad that you got a like a platform because like 
being suicidal without having support and like not really having anybody to like hold your hand and guide you through it is really really hard and you basically walked yourself out of that so yeah i i don't even i because i cannot even imagine what would have happened if you know i didn't start writing poetry and looking for it perform it we would be you would probably be having a different conversation right now potentially so i'm i'm yeah. i'm personally really proud of you for finding a way to get your emotions out and i'm happy that you found ian and that he helped you work through it as well in in your own way yeah okay cool well i still got a couple well a year of university left and we'll see what happens <laughs> um yeah. I don't know. Uh, in university, <laughs> well, university, university, there's nothing much to talk about. I, it was a very, it was a very empty experience because, like yeah. I told you, I wasn't really making friends. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going out. It'd be very, very forgettable. Yeah, it's very forgettable. There's nothing really to write about in university. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like that could potentially be another source of inspiration if you looked hard enough. Like if you sat down with it long enough, I'm sure it would mm. it would give you something because um, I think sometimes we go through life and like we're just sort of maybe desensitized to like our environment yeah. just because of how we're feeling. Yeah. When you actually sit down and consider it, then like I feel like there's something there. Like I, from what you've told me, I. I I personally feel like there's something there. Don't let me force that on you, though. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm really going to look into it. I'm interested now. <laughs> mm. I'll look into it. Okay. Well, it was it was really nice of you to stop by. It sucks that we had to do this from six thousand miles away. Like I, um, I I'm very selectively social. I think it's what people say. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like th these are conversations that I would like to have in person with people. And I think that's also one of the reasons that I started the podcast was like during COVID, everybody's sort yeah. of detached and nobody's like, everybody has so many feelings, can't really talk about them. And I sort of was yeah. like, I'm going to start a podcast to talk about nothing. And then life got really busy and I <laughs> haven't podcasted in a while, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope it actually also plays it it played well i i know it's going to sound weird when i say that but covid actually played into my hands mm -hmm. because you know those 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 emotions i write about in the collection mm -hmm. like people who might not have gone through them mm -hmm. before 2018 yeah and by the time the book came out this year they mm -hmm. had actually got a test of some of those feelings yeah so it, the, the book connected with a much wider audience than perhaps it would have if it had come out in 2019 so that's true it kind of helped that's fair that's fair tragedy sometimes helps <laughs> <laughs> um so well, i'm sorry did you have anything else to say no go on go ahead oh no i was just gonna say thank you so much for um giving me the opportunity to to read your work and for sharing it with me and for coming on to the yeah. podcast and having a conversation with me. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
thank you for having me. I it was a, it was a very interesting conversation. Perhaps yeah. we shall have another one maybe in the future. Yeah, totally. Like I would be very open to that. The reason that I haven't podcasted in a while is because like everybody's schedules are so crazy and like the time difference because a lot of the people I speak to are back home. The time difference is kind yeah. of crazy. So I'm just, you know, all over the place. Um, but if mm. if if you want to do it again, I am totally open to doing that and we can figure it out. Um, I would love to have you back. All right. Um, okay, so Maybe. just tell yes. us where to buy the book <laughs> where it's available yes um rock bottom and up is uh it's been out for a week now mm-hmm. and uh, we are trying to get it online but it's not yet online however books copies can be got from ian jason yeah. you can deliver within within the country but we're also working to create a system whereby we can have some copies posted to uh, some people might want to read who are outside of Uganda. Yes. Okay. Great. Mm. Um, okay. I will, if it's okay with you, I will add like contact information for how to get copies mm. of books in the yes. description for the podcast, just so people can reach out to you. Or um, if you're more comfortable, I can just have them reach out to me and I can uh, forward that information to Ian or yourself. Whatever works. It- either of them is okay either of them is okay or oh. all of them <laughs> okay yeah i'm okay like my contact information is already all over the place and um uh just because this was uh this was kind of a lot kind of went back and forth between mental health and just like life in general and because the the poetry yeah. is also like a collection of like uh emotions and stuff that's you know also about mental health i will add um uh, resources for mental health in the description as well okay. so if anybody needs them you are welcome to them and if you're having any trouble like obviously reach out to me and i will see how i can help and i think that's everything i think i think i think that's it all right okay this Thank was you. really fun yes okay have a good night Wait, is it good night over there? It's, it's eleven thirty-four a.m. <laughs> so my day is basically just starting. Well, good morning to you over there. Thank you. Have a have a good night. I know it's like uh, seven p.m. for you right now. Yeah, this is like it's around eight p.m. now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm. Okay. Well, it was All nice. Right. It was nice talking to you. Okay. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Okay, that brings us to the end of um, a podcast episode that's been a long time coming. Um, It's been a minute since I've done this, obviously. Um, My editing is still not great, but but we got a microphone, so the sound is way better. Um, Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to have started with this because I really, really loved... I've said this too many times already, but I really, really love this collection of poems and I am so honored to have been a part of um, spreading awareness and like being a part of it in like a really tiny way. So yeah, Um, again, info is gonna be in the description. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me, to Ian, if you wanna figure out how to get a copy and yeah. Now, 
let's listen to some Maggie Rogers. <laughs> Bye.